thank you, Lord, for Jonathan's life and his obedience to you. I pray that you keep blessing him and his family, his growing family. Please be with him, help him, help him to speak your wisdom, your words, and replenish him after. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Nice to see you all here. Um, and thank you, Jenny, for um, leading us this morning. It's been really encouraging to see maybe someone different on the platform. Um, I, think I'm, I'm, I think I'm up here too much, but um, I do enjoy it. Um, but it really, if, any, if anyone would like to, to lead a service, um, please come and speak to me or one of the other leaders. Be great. be encouraging to us all to see um, other people here. And it's been great to have... Uh, Jenny here this morning, so yeah, thank you so much um, for that. It is nerve-wracking. I remember when I first started doing it, and um, I, I, I couldn't go off plan. I'm, I'm, a, I'm very much a plan, planning person, so I would write everything down, and if anything happened that went off plan, well, you know, I'd go in a, in a complete panic. But um, I think you just get more confident as time time goes on, really. But but yeah, it's great to to meet together, um, but also really important that we meet um, to study God's word, and that's what we're going to do um, now for a, a little while. So we're looking at um, Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. should be on the screen as well. Um, but if, you, if, if you have your Bibles in front of you, it'd be great to keep that open as we go through that, that passage this morning. Um, John Stott, um, a very uh, well-known Bible teacher, um, written many books, um, and on his last sermon, he, he said this. He said, I remember very vividly some years ago that the question which perplexed me as a younger Christian was this. What is God's purpose for his people? Granted that we have been converted, granted that we have um, been saved and received new life in Christ Jesus, what comes next? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. We knew that and we believed it. We also toyed with some briefer statements like one of only five words, love God, love your neighbor. But somehow either of these nor, um, neither of these nor some others that we could mention seemed wholly satisfactory. So I want to share, this is for John Stott, I want to share where my mind has come to rest as I approach the end of my pilgrimage on earth. And it is, God wants his people to become more like Christ. Christ-likeness is the will of God for the people of God. So John Stott reflected on his life. I'm not sure how many years he lived for, but it was a, it was a long life of, of studying God's word. But he reflected on the past, the present, and contemplating his future. And he came to the, the point in his life that, it is to be more like Christ, more like Christ in our, in our actions, in our thoughts, in our joys, in our sorrows, in our relationships, in the things we say, in our home life. Everything, everything about our lives is about how we live our lives to be more like Christ and to put Christ first in our lives. It's to obey him and to honor him with every part of our lives. So that song that Jenny um, chose, this, cho- uh, um, chose this morning, This Is My Desire, was such a, a, a great song to choose this morning, because that's really the focus of my message this morning. It's about 
Lord, I give you my heart. I honor you with every part of my life. So the Bible teaches us clearly about the, the past, the present, and the future, and how that is, is balanced in our, in our Christian life. So we learn from our past mistakes, and we grow through them. In the present, we walk with God, and then we joyfully anticipate what the future holds for us in Christ Jesus. So we're going to look at the passage um, this morning, Matthew chapter 19, starting at verse 16. Just then, a man came to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one good, one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones? he inquired. Jesus replied, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony. Honour your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to to be perfect, go, sell your, your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad, because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to the disciples, Truly I tell you, It is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than than for someone who is rich to enter God's kingdom. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Peter answered him, We have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields, for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. Let's pray again. Lord, we thank you again for your word. We thank you that we can um, learn so much from you, from your teaching, from the way you lived your life, and throughout your word, the teaching of, of your love for each one of us. And as we go through this passage tonight, just pray your tonight, this morning, um, just pray you'll, you'll um, challenge each one of us, challenge um, in the way we live our lives and the way we honor you. And just pray you'll give me the words to say, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so there's three parts to this sermon. Um, so we're going to look at the past, the present, and the future. Um, so can anyone, so, so the first part is we're looking at the, our past, um, so can anyone think of anything that's happened on this day, 22nd of April? Any, any things in history that, that come to mind? You're looking very confused. Not confused. Anything? No. Um, so I had, I had to research it because I didn't know either. But, but um, April the 22nd, 1509, uh, Henry Tudor became uh, King Henry VIII following the death of his father. 
1838, the English steamship Sirius. Anyone know that? I didn't. Uh, English steamship Sirius docked in New York City after a record Atlantic crossing. How many days do you think? You can participate. Get in there. Uh, 18 days it took um, to cross the Atlantic. Um, 2016, a bit more up to date. Um, the Paris Agreement. Do you remember that? Nope. <laughs> It wasn't too long ago. Uh, Paris Agreement um, was signed, an agreement to help fight global warming. Um, so these are all things that happened um, on the 22nd of April. Um, but I suppose my question this morning on this part is, what do you think of your past? What do you most think of? Maybe it's what ifs. Are there any regrets of things that you wish you had done? Are there achievements that you've, you've thought of? Did it go too fast? Did it fly by and think, where did that time go? Do you think of God's faithfulness? Do you think of God's faithfulness in your joys and in your sorrows, in your disappointments? Was, did you, do you see God's hand on a, a situation in the past where you feel encouraged that God has guided and directed you? The Bible gives us so many instructions about how to live our lives and to be more like Christ. Romans 15 tells us this, For everything was written in the past um, to teach us, so that through that endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So looking at this um, passage this morning, um, particularly looking at verses 16 to 19, thinking about the past, Again, says this. It says in verse 18, and the the, uh, the man was inquiring um, about the commandments. Jesus replied, "You should not murder. You should not commit adultery. You should not steal. You should not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother, and love your neighbour as yourself." So Jesus brings the man, and and when we we look at God's word, God's word, it's also teaching us. So Jesus brings this man and us back to the teaching in God's word. So the, so the word written, written years, years, years ago by many, many people, but so appropriate for us today to live our lives and, and again, to, to be more like Christ in our on, and honor him with our lives. So when Jesus is asked about what the man, man must do to, to get eternal life, God quotes his word. And what a great lesson for each one of us. If we have questions, and I'm sure we have, about, about life, about his word, about what, what next. We go back to God's word. And we are encouraged about his love for each one of us, that he will never leave us or forsake us. So it's so important to get a daily habit of reading God's word. We may not understand everything we read, but it's that daily habit of getting into that word, praying about it, praying that God will reveal his word to you, remembering that, that God's word is his revealed word. So that's um, looking at our, our past. So moving on to, to present. So we're going to look at past, present, and future. So what do we know about today? Stephen's gone out, but it's Stephen's birthday. I don't think he'd mind me telling you. Anything else we know about today? 
London Marathon, yes. I haven't got that one down, yes. I saw it on Twitter this morning. It's not raining. Very nice. Yeah. Anything else we, we know about today? We know we're here. Yeah. Do we know what, what we're having for lunch? I don't, because I'm going to mum's, so I, I don't know what we've got. But hope, probably a roast. <laughs> um, so do we know what we're doing after the service? Going home, cooking lunch, yep. Yeah. So there's lots of things we know. Maybe we know about things that we look in the, in the TV magazine. We know what's going to be on television. Um, so there's lots of schedules in life, isn't there? There's lots of things we, we know we're going to do. Um, maybe we knew we were coming here this morning. Um, lots of schedules and plans of life. But will you take, out, take time out today? So we're talking about the present. Will you take time to think today, where am I? in my relationship with God. And this is a, a, a daily reflection, or should be a daily reflection when we get up in the mornings, when we get up in the morning. Where am I in my relationship with God? Am I developing in my relationship with him? Am I getting to know him better each day? So will you take time today, this morning, now, to reflect on that? So looking at verses 20 to 22 in the passage this morning, again says this, when the young man heard this, so this is after Jesus had um, said about um, um, storing up treasure in heaven and, and where he had, it, had his possessions. But verse 22 says, when the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, surely... I tell you, it is hard for someone to get who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. So the man said, all these I have kept, but what do I still lack? What do I still lack today? Maybe we can think of things that we, that we do do right in God's word that we do follow him in the right way. But I'm sure for myself and for each of us, there's things that we, that we don't do that are, are honoring to him. So when we look back at God's word, we see God's teaching and how we have maybe lived our lives. But where is your heart today? Where is your heart when we sit here this morning? Do you know Christ as your personal saviour? What do I lack in my relationship with God? So when the man was challenged about his life, he went away sad because he had great wealth. He would rather maintain his current lifestyle than to be a follower of Christ. So in some ways, I'm not really focusing this morning on, on the way this man lived his life um, and the way he treasured his earthly possessions and liked to be rich. Really, it comes down to Again, that song we sang this morning about honouring God. How do we honour God with our lives? How do we honour God with our money, our possessions? How do we honour God with our time? So this man wanted to, wanted to have his own life, maintain his own lifestyle, do things he wanted to do rather than be a follower of Christ Jesus. He didn't honour God in the wealth that he had. And that's certainly true that we see in, in culture today. 
Uh, certainly, uh, maybe when we look around, we see a, a me, me, me culture. What can I get out of something? What, what can I get out of this? But the Christian life is certainly opposite. It's how can I honor God with what I do and what I have? So it's putting Christ first. So not thinking about ourselves, but thinking about Christ in our lives, in his leading and his guiding for each one of us. So we see the concept of honor throughout the Bible. And it has an important question, again, coming back to that honor. Does my life, does your life honor him? So before I think about his blessings, before I ask him for anything, before I expect anything of God, do I honor him? Do you honor him? And it's about honoring God no matter what. So no matter what life throws at you, it's about honoring God in the way you deal with that, in the way you move on, move forward. 1 Corinthians 10 says this, whether then you eat or drink or do or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. It's a really challenging word, isn't it? To do everything for the glory of God. So we see honor clearly in the, in the book of Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, were faced with a choice. A face of, face, with a choice of losing their lives um, in King, Neb- King Nebuchadnezzar's fiery furnace or denying God. But they chose honor. The passage says this, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to answer your last question. If our God, whom we honor, can save us from a blazing furnace and from your power, he will, your majesty. But if he doesn't, you should know, your majesty, will never honor your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Such encouraging words to, to, to read, aren't they? Um, and we read these words written down on a page. Um, but it's only, the words only come to life when we really grasp what that means about living their lives in fear of death, but knowing that God is there with them, that they will make a stand for God. So what are you going to do today to stand for him? So... Honouring God is about honouring God with every part of our lives. In the joys, in the sorrows. And we see many, many times in, in, in magazines at the back about Christians, about our brothers and sisters who are going through times of persecution. But in all things, they are honouring God. Honouring God in the decisions that they make, yet they know that their lives are at risk. So today, here and now, it's about honouring God with every part of our life. And I've said that so many times this morning, haven't I, about honouring God. And and I think, you know, over the the years, I'm really young, um, it's, you know, when you come back to the Christian life and, you know, we we read God's word, we read how we can become more like Christ, it is coming back again and again to that obedience. Are we obedient to him? And again and again we go through our lives and sometimes we are, sometimes we're not. But we have a loving father who is there ready to receive us, ready to receive us back like the prodigal son. 
So this morning we've looked at, so far we've looked at our past, our present, but what about our future? Let's have a look at um, verses 27 to 30. So Matthew 19, 27 to 30. Peter answered him, we have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit with 12 th- on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who, who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields, for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. So looking at our, our, our future, does anyone know what our futures hold? No? To be with the Lord, yes. Um, do we make, do, does anyone make any plans for the future? You're very quiet this morning. And I certainly do. I'm a, I'm a bit of a planning person, really. But um, I suppose it's about security, isn't it? Do we feel secure in, in, in the future? Um, not knowing when, when Christ will return. But maybe we make plans for tomorrow. Do we play, make plans for this week? Do I look at my work diary and see um, the busy meetings I've got um, going on this week? Has anyone got a mortgage still? Yeah. Pension? No. Um, provision for our family. So we, these are all plans that many of us make. Um, And it's provision for the future, isn't it? Yeah? But really, it's only God that knows our future. God only knows what the future holds for each one of us. The only certain hope that we have is in Jesus Christ. The only certain hope we have is in Jesus Christ. But he is there to care for us. He is there to provide for us. But we have to step out in faith and trust in his guidance, trust in his provision for each one of us. We live in, in turbulent times. We see this in, in the media, don't we? We see it in the news every day. Some of the, the high-profile um, issues going along in the world, in our, maybe in our country, in society. But we don't know what the future holds, but we trust in God's providence, his Supreme, he, he, is, he is supreme and reigns over all. And he is in control of all things. But again, we come back to the question, who do you rely on? Who do you rely on for your future? Is Christ Jesus the solid rock in your life? Is Jesus Christ the foundation of your life? So lots of questions this morning. Lots of questions I challenge myself on. In the ups and the downs, who do we rely on? Jesus is our rock. He is the firm foundation for us to build our lives upon. If we obey Jesus and everything he tells us in his word, we have assurance that no matter what comes our way, no matter how fierce the storms of life may get, we will never fall, we will never be moved because we stand on the solid rock of Jesus Christ.
1992, a hurricane um, in South Florida uh, destroyed thousands of homes. Yet in the area where the wreckage looked like a war zone, one house remained standing, still firmly anchored to its foundation. So when a reporter asked the homeowner uh, why his house was not blown away, he replied, I built my house myself. I built it according to the Florida State Building Code. So according to the regulations in Florida for how you should build a house. And he goes into how, how he built it and the foundations. And he said, I built it according to the code. And it could withstand a hurricane. And it did. So when personal storms come, many lives will, will be destroyed and left in shambles. Most people maybe won't find the narrow gate to salvation. Most people don't build their lives on Christ's words. But if you construct your life according to Christ's building codes, you will not be disappointed. So Christ's building codes, the word of God, if we build our lives upon him, we will not be disappointed. So why do we put our hope in Christ or live our lives based on the solid rock? When Peter and John were before the Sanhedrin in, uh, in Acts, Peter quotes the scripture back in, in um, Psalm 118. says this, Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. So say that again. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Jesus uh, paid the price for each one of us. says in God's word that he was obedient to death, even death on a cross. Even death on a cross. So the disciples said, we have left everything to follow you. What then will be for us? So the disciples were talking about eternal life. They, they, they have followed him. What then will be for us? Maybe, that, maybe that's a question for each one of us this morning. What then is for you? What then is for me? Jesus is talking to the disciples about, about the future when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne. What amazing words. When the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne. To be with Christ, which is far better. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says this, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will, will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so, we'll be, so we will be with the Lord forever. What amazing, encouraging words. We will be with the Lord forever. To be with Christ, which is far better than ever, anything we can ever imagine. So when Jesus returns, where will you be this morning? When Jesus returns, where will you be this morning? What does the future hold? That's your decision. That's your decision this morning. So we've looked today at um, our past, our present, our future. 
and maybe sat here and, and reviewed our own lives in reflection to that. Maybe we've looked, we've looked at our past. We've thought about that. Maybe we've, we've thought about where we are now. Where is my life? Where's your life in, in honouring God? But what about your future? So God is a, is a forgiving God. So maybe, we, maybe we're not honouring God in our lives as we should do today. But God is a God of the, of the future. He's a, he's a forgiving and merciful God. So it is about our heart, about our heart, and are we right with God? So what steps will you need to take today? Maybe this morning as we sit here, what steps will you need to take today to refocus your walk with him? Maybe it's something you need to do when you get home or before you leave. Maybe there's a goal that you want to set, a habit that you want to to continue. Maybe write down a goal this week of something you'll do differently to honour God and about building your life on the foundation of Christ. Maybe it's praying more. Maybe it's reading God's word every day. Maybe it's spending that time with God alone in a solitary place. I don't know where you are this morning with God, but it is a time where we can refocus our lives with him. Are you striving to be more like Christ? I'm sure that echoes with each one of us. It is, a, it is striving, isn't it? It's trying every day to, to be more like him, but battling, the things, battling our desires and God's desires. Are you striving to be more like Christ and honor him with every part of your life? Are you saved this morning? Do you, know, are you, do you know what that means? That God is here to, to forgive each one of us. He went to the cross, died on the cross for you, for me, because he loves us so much. Do you follow Christ with every part of your life? So lots to reflect on this morning. Lots of challenges. But maybe just now we could... Uh, just spend a few moments of quiet, just thinking about how we can refocus our lives, refocus our honour, and refocus how we honour him with every part of our life. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal saviour. This is a time to think, to, to pray. Let's just take a moment of, of, of quiet now just before we, we pray. we thank you for your word this morning we thank you that it does challenge us but lord we just uh, pray you'll help us to 
to move forward from that challenge and, and do what you are challenging us to do. To honour you with our, our, our money, with, to honour you with our lives, to honour you with our, our time. Lord, we thank you that you speak to us in, in so many ways. But help us, Lord, to be daily obedient to you, obedient to your teaching, obedient to your calling, obedient to your will on our lives. And Lord Jesus, if we don't know you as our personal saviour this morning, Lord, maybe this is a time where we can, can come to you and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on that cross for me. Thank you that you died on that cross to forgive me from my sin. Lord, I'm sorry for the things that I do and, and, and have done in the past. But by your blood given on that cross that I can come to you this morning forgiven. And Lord, we pray, Lord, from our hearts that we will give our lives to you in, in, in fullness that you will take my life and let it be consecrated all to thee. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your, your love, your mercy, your, your forgiveness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we, I'm going to stand and sing our closing song this morning. I did choose um, the one that um, Jenny had chosen. So we're going to sing, um, going to stand and sing, Jesus is the name we honor. Jesus is the name we praise. Majestic name above all names, the highest heaven and earth proclaim that Jesus is our God. Thank you.
Lord, we thank you for the time that we've had this morning. Maybe a time to think about our, our past, our present and our future. But Lord, we thank you that you are the God of the past, the present and the future. And we uh, this morning put our trust in you. And that one day we'll be with you for eternity. Praising you for eternity. What a, a glorious day that will be. And as we meet, leave this place, just help us to, to think on the things we've sung, the, the words that we've sung, the words that we've, we've read, and that our lives will honour you in everything that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can I just have a quick word? I'm challenged um, today. I com- completely forgot I was going to talk about this, but... Um, so I'm 41 now, and it's taken me a long time to find this charity. And funny enough, my wife said about it about six months ago. And as men do, we went, what? Sorry, what were you saying? So um, I used to support a company called ActionAid. Anybody aware of ActionAid? Quite big. But the thing is, they don't support Christ. Now, I've just found out, and my wife said, I told you so, about a company called Compassion. Anybody aware of Compassion? Hands up. One, two, that's good then. So I'm here for the right thing. So Compassion is a Christian company, just like ActionAid, but they not only support children, they teach them about Jesus. So there's Bibles go out there, they show where the local Sunday school, this is all over the world. Now, uh, Martha's uh, supporting somebody called Kendra. She's from, I can't remember the name, near Brazil, um, £25 a month. Now, if you work that down into days, what is it? About 70p a day. Okay, don't tell my wife. Occasionally, I get a pork pie. That's 70p. So there's no excuse um, that we cannot afford to support these children. Uh, apparently, according to t- statistics, there's three children every second or every three seconds as a child dying from poverty. That's horrific. It should bring us to tears. You know, we've all got kids. Um, and we are Christians, and the Bible tells us to go out to the widows and to the orphans and support them. So just compassion, it's called. They also do, uh, there's America, Australia, England, and they also do a water fund. Now, that qu- quickly, the water filter, $75, supports a family for 10 years, uh, does 10 million litres of water. And when you watch the video, it's amazing. It takes dirty pond water that kill children to uh, pure water. So just go on to their website, and it's compassion. So I'll leave that with you.